This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Tech Guide, episode 340. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Great to have you with us and a big shout out to our first time listeners. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. This week, why your water-resistant iPhone is not covered under warranty for water damage. Still on Apple, the company's released three new products this week, updated their iPad Air, the iPad Mini, a refreshed iMac lineup, and the second-generation iPods. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a hands-on look at the new Dyson V11 cord-free vacuum. We'll also take a listen to the Jaybird Run XT wire-free earphones, and Amazon has released a brand new Kindle, and we'll wrap things up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company to keep you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, those of you who were listening last week will recall uh, in our help desk, we had a a reader inquiry, uh, a reader saying that they had an issue with their iPhone. They were out in the rain. iPhone was in the pocket. It was an iPhone 10, and it was a downpour. The phone got wet in this person's pocket, and uh, he found that the screen wouldn't turn on, so there's an issue with the phone. He's rocked up to the Apple store and was told that, uh, sorry, water damage uh, is not covered under warranty. And this is despite the fact that the phone has an IP67 rating, which means it can be submerged in one metre of water for up to 30 minutes. Uh, this reader contacted uh, contacted me, and, and I, uh, in turn, contacted Apple on his behalf. Uh, in the next day, I had another email from a reader who had a similar experience. Same same thing. Phone in the pocket, rain was was wet in the pocket, and it started playing up. And he too went to the Apple Store and was just flatly refused a repair under warranty because they said water damage is not covered under warranty. Now this is despite the fact that. The devices are IP67, the iPhone 10, which was the gentleman, the first gentleman who contacted me. He bought his phone in June last year, which that's less than 12 months ago. And this is not covered under warranty. Now, water-resistant iPhones, uh, I contacted Apple and they, they got back to me with a support document that outlines the IP ratings for their iPhones. And the document, though, states that they uh, that the iPhone is splash water and dust resistant, tested under laboratory conditions, and they had a list of things that you should avoid to prevent liquid damage. And these include swimming or bathing with your iPhone, exposing the iPhone to pressurized or high-velocity water. So if you say you're in the shower, you're water skiing, wakeboarding, surfing, those sorts of things, using your iPhone in a sauna or a steam room, uh, intentionally submerging your iPhone in water, operating the iPhone outside the suggested temperature ranges, dropping your iPhone or subjecting it to other impacts, or disassembling your iPhone, including removing screws. Now, my reply to Apple was that 
uh, the tech guide reader, my reader, had not done any of these things. He was walking with his phone in his pocket and it simply got wet in a downpour. Now, you'd expect that a phone with a rating of IP67 can handle being wet in a pocket. Apple's document goes on to say, though, and Apple were really good. They got back to me and they said, look, here are our guidelines. Here, here's some things to note. Uh, But they did make special mention of this sentence in the document. It says, splash, water, and dust resistance are not permanent conditions, and resistance might decrease as a result of normal wear. Liquid damage is not covered under warranty. So what do we interpret from that sentence? My my interpretation is that water resistance, is, it wears out after a certain time. And when you consider this person bought their iPhone in June 2018, which is less than a year ago, does water resistance only last six months? Does it last eight months? What's the limit there? This is despite the fact, okay, this is despite the fact that On Apple's website, and check out my story on Tech Guide. I've written about this. Every picture on the Tech Guide story about this, the story's headlined, Why Your Water-Resistant iPhone is Not Covered Under Warranty for Water Damage. Every image of used on that story is from Apple's website. They include an iPhone X being splashed with water, water going everywhere all over it. There's another picture of a woman using her phone in the rain, Clear image, water hitting the screen in the rain using the phone. Our our readers had their, they were in the rain, but the phone was in their pocket. It wasn't even exposed directly to water. It was in their pockets. There's another phone of the iPhone 10s again, water splashing around them. The iPhone 8 as well. And there's another photo uh, of a woman with under an umbrella, but there's all water getting on, coming down the edge of her umbrella onto the phone. So, it's the the reaction from our readers. I don't want to name them, but but they they were happy for me to to obviously go into bat for them with Apple. The reaction has been they're really disappointed. Uh, one of them said it poured down, had the phone in my pocket, got wet, screen stopped working. Uh, went to the Apple store only to be told water damage is not covered under warranty. And so it's it's the other the other reader who contacted me after hearing the podcast last week last week's episode he said that no matter how much i argued the point they meaning apple would not warrant my phone which for a device that is advertised as water resistant i thought was pretty weak uh they go on to say that they didn't use this is the first reader again this is an $1800 phone i never thought that i would have any problem at all I was just walking and it started raining. Yes, it rained hard. They, meaning Apple, just said bad luck. It's not a cheap phone and it is not old. I have done nothing that they don't market you can do with the phone. Less, in fact. So I've tried to get a response. I did get a response from Apple. They're sticking by their warranty where they don't, they don't, uh, liquid damage is not covered under warranty. Despite this water resistance, so my message to them is that they're probably their best move is to take it up with the ACCC and under Australian consumer law, where the laws changed about seven years ago, where you you are entitled to have a reasonable expectation of use 
in good faith based on how the phone is marketed. Now, this new level, why have a new, or this amazing new level of water resistance? And Apple on the site says the most durable glass in a phone, smartphone, sealed and precision fitted with surgical grade stainless steel, helps create a more water resistant enclosure up to, and this is the iPhone 10s, up to two meters for 30 minutes iPhone XS even resists spills from coffee, tea, soft drinks, and more. But in your pocket in the rain, no good. Now, what I did for just to see, so just to give the story some balance, I went to, I spoke to Samsung about their policy on water damage, and they actually they got back to me really quickly. And Samsung phones, the, the, including the latest Galaxy S10 has an IP68 reading, reading, which means it can be submerged to a depth of 1.5 metres for up to 30 minutes. But what Samsung said is that in the case of water damage, they're dealt with on a case-by-case basis. There's no blanket, bad luck, water damage, see you later. They take into consideration whether the water damage is a result of customer neglect, so the phone might be damaged in some way, or if it's an issue with the phone. If if a phone gets damaged in in the rain in your pocket and it's supposed to be water resistant, that could very well be a fault of the phone. The phone is not properly sealed as as it it says. So it's it's really it's a really hard one to to get your head around because there's there's nothing that 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 these people did out of the ordinary. It's not like they went scuba diving or water skiing with the phone. It was in their pocket. And it didn't work anymore. But Samsung says, look, they take it case by case. And if an inspection is made on the spot, they said, and and if an issue falls under warranty, Samsung will endeavor to provide a loan phone until the repair is completed. And again, there's a picture on on my story taken from the Samsung website with a person using Galaxy phone looking at a map in the pouring rain. So if you're doing these same things that they are, advertising or they're showing on their website then i don't understand why that wouldn't be covered under their warranty conditions and it's not like apple can't afford to fix a few phones they've got plenty in the bank but they stuck with it and they said to me look we have uh, i said look none of none of the things when when they gave me that support document they outlined all those things you should do to avoid liquid damage and i said look none of my readers did any of that it was just in their pocket and their response was look we're sorry that that we got no further response to this uh and and that was it so if you this person unfortunately spent eighteen hundred dollars less than a year ago now has to pay hundreds of dollars more to get his phone repaired it, uh, you can understand why a customer would be unhappy. Get get in touch with us if you've had similar issues with your iPhone, water damage or otherwise, uh, or any other device. I'm going to try to go into bat for all my readers, no matter what brand of phone you're using. If there's something wrong and you're not, and you're getting not getting the customer service you deserve, Tech Guide's happy to take up that fight for you, just like we did with these two gentlemen. Unfortunately, the result hasn't gone their way so far. But you never know, they may take it to the ACCC and they may see things a different way. If you want to read more about that story, we've done a comprehensive read and take a look at all those photos. Every photo, as I said on that story, is from the Apple website and there's one from the Samsung website which uh, showing people using their devices in the rain. Uh, if you want to read more about it, head over to techguide.com.au. 
This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. All right, we're still going to be talking about Apple, uh, but some different some different products. Now, next week Apple have an event uh, in in Cupertino, and it's it's rumored to be to launch their new streaming service uh, to take on Netflix. But what they've done this week, earlier this week, is release their uh, some hardware updates, and I think they've done this on purpose so they won't have to do it at the event. They want the event to be purely about this streaming service, hence the reason why three days in a row they had a new product announcement. They had the iPad Air and iPad Mini updates and iMac updates, which we'll talk about in this segment. Next segment, we'll talk about the AirPods as well, the second gen. But in, for now, let's chat about the new iPad Air and iPad Mini. And, and just off the bat, they don't look any different. They haven't had a redesign at all. Uh, they look exactly the same. The biggest changes here... Uh, is the update of the A12 Bionic chip. They now have the same chip as the latest iPhones do. And they also now have Apple Pencil support. So the iPad Air is the iPad between the iPad Mini and regular iPad and the iPad Pro. So if you don't want to spend the big dollars for the iPad Pro, but you still want some decent performance, then the iPad Air will suit you. It doesn't have the same design as the iPad Pro. It still has a home button. So the iPad Pro is now buttonless on the front. There's no home button. So it's like the iPhone 10, But the iPad Air still has a, a, uh, a home button, but offers that that improved performance and also now the Apple Pencil support. So it's kind of a iPad Pro Lite, let's just say. 10.5-inch uh, screen, so it gives you that nice screen screen area and uh, still has that improved performance. The iPad Mini, that's got a 7.9-inch screen, so it's basically the same as the iPad Air, but just shrunk down. 7.9-inch screen has also got the A12 Bionic chip on board, also now has Apple Pencil support, so it is a great size for those customers who don't want a massive tablet but want to have something bigger than their phone to look at on the go. And now with Apple Pencil support, I think the iPad Mini is a really good size for sketching, drawing, note-taking, whatever you need to do. So uh, has ha- has added that feature as well. By the way, now every iPad in the range, from the entry-level iPad all the way up to the Apple Pro, every iPad now has Apple Pencil support. Apple Pencil, of course, doesn't come with these iPads. You have to buy them separately, buy it separately. So, uh, but but they all have now uh, Apple Pencil support. Just a note on the iPad Mini. Uh, a lot of people have noticed that the iPad Mini is actually more expensive than the entry level iPad. The iPad, I think, is four sixty nine. The, the, the it's just called iPad, which is kind of that price for students. The seven point nine inch iPad Mini is actually more expensive than that entry level, the entry level iPad, because it's got now the faster processor. But it also has, it is the, uh, it's three times faster than the previous model. Again, looks the same, but has the has a Retina display with the highest pixel density of any iPad. So the iPad Mini has the sharpest screen. For its size, it's only seven point inches, but it's got the highest pixel density of any iPad. Interesting. So yeah, that's the iPads, the new iPads. But Apple also announced the an updated of an updated iMac range as well. So still twenty one point five inch and twenty seven inch iPads, but now 
The iMac will come with up to eight core Intel ninth generation processors and Vega graphics options. So this is a product, desktop computer, suited to consumers and professionals alike. So if you're if you're a video editor or a photo editor, photographer, these iMacs are powerful enough to do the job. If you're a customer, just an average consumer who does the odd edit on a video, the odd edit of a photo, plays games and things like that, then it's perfect as well. Uh, the Retina display, 4K Retina on the 21.5-inch, 5K on the 27-inch. That hasn't changed. So that's uh, up to 14.7 million pixels to be, to be displayed uh, and or can display up, up to a billion colors and five, 500 nits of brightness too, which is pretty good. And uh, the P3 wide color gamut. In other words, they look really cool. The, the screens are bright and they're colorful and they're sharp. Uh, it is uh, really something to behold. I'm an iMac user, have been for years. I've actually had my current iMac for about four years now. But these new iMacs really have a step up. My iMac doesn't have the USB-C ports on the back. I've just got the normal USB 3 ports. So uh, this this new, the, the update will not only improve performance, but also improve that connectivity as well. Uh, the ability to even add extra displays, although I've got two displays connected to my iMac right here. But the performance-wise, I think if you if when you're doing some some pretty heavy video rendering, you're editing 4K video, uh, then that added power really comes in handy. And with that edit, with the resolution of the Retina displays, you can actually do native 4K video editing uh, on the 21.5, which is 4K Retina, or the 27 inch, which is 5K Retina as well. Uh, they are going to be available uh, from next week. The 21.5-inch iMac starts at $1,999. The 27-inch starts at $2,999. And I've just remembered I didn't mention the prices of the iPads. Let's talk about those, shall we? The iPad mini, uh, 7.9-inch, starts at $599. And the 10.5-inch iPad Air starts at $779. So there's the pricing there. New iPads and new iMacs as well. Uh, you can check them out. I've done stories at techguide.com.au. Okay, uh, we're not done with the Apple announcements just yet. The uh, The third and final announcement they made for the week, they had... Uh, Last week, they had three days in a row where they announced different products. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they had one after the other, all the products day by day. And the last announcement they had last week was about the new AirPods, the AirPods, second generation of the AirPods. And these are the wireless earphones that Apple have. And at one point, you just they were so popular, they were you could never find them anywhere. There was the stock always used to run out. Well, now the new second-generation AirPods are here. They now have the convenience of hands-free Hey Siri. So you can, you can, and my, my laptop is actually waiting for me to, for, to respond to Hey Siri just there, and I'm going to turn that off. But now you can say, hey, you know what, without having to uh, touch your device. So it's, it's hands-free. You can then ask to change the song uh, for directions. You can, you can ask for all sorts of things, but without actually having to touch the device, you can do it all through the AirPods. But the other thing as well, the other change, the other improvement uh, also comes, the, the, they're saying the, the, uh, it, 
pairs a bit faster, switches between devices a bit faster. I don't think there's any mention of any improvement in, in audio quality, but they, they do say that uh, despite they look identical to the first-gen AirPods, they deliver up to 50% more talk time than the first-generation AirPods, but also switch quicker between devices when listening to music. So if you're switching from your iPhone to your Apple Watch or your iPad, uh, they connect twice as fast. Not that you're going to notice that twice as fast. It's still pretty quick anyway, but hey, they need to list some improvements. But the biggest change uh, is the, well, the, the new offering with the AirPods is the new wireless charging case. So now what you can do is uh, you can buy the AirPods. If you don't own AirPods, you can buy them with a regular charging case. So you've got a little lightning connection on the bottom. Or you can buy the wireless charging case and they can then be charged just when they sit on a charging mat. So a Qi-compatible charging mat, they sit on that, they'll charge up just as just sitting there, no need for a cable. Uh, but if you already own AirPods, as many do, you can go out and just buy the new charging case. So you don't have to buy the, the, the whole thing brand new. You can buy just the charging case, the wireless charging case. They're going to be in store from this week. And AirPods with the standard charging case, I think at the same price. Uh, what was it, two twenty nine? I think they're now two forty nine. So they've gone up by twenty bucks. So that's AirPods with the standard case. So you get the AirPods and the case, two forty nine. That's the standard case. If you want to go the new the AirPods with the wireless charging, so you're getting AirPods left and right and the wireless charging case. That's going to be three hundred and nineteen dollars. But if you want to just purchase the standalone wireless charging case, so you already own AirPods, you've got a regular charging case, but you want to go wireless charging case, they will cost you $129. And it's just the case, remember. So if you already own the AirPods and you want to upgrade, you want to get the wireless charging case, that's $129. And they're also, there's a new offering as well. They're, they're adding personal engraving to the AirPods. I remember when they used to do that with the iPod years ago. But now if you order through the site, you can get them personally engraved. I assume the case will be engraved, not the AirPods themselves. They're a bit small. But the case will be engraved with your initials or a little message. That's free of charge when you choose that during checkout at apple.com forward slash au or at the Apple Store or using the Apple Store app, sorry. So if you want to order them that way and you want to get a little engraving, you might want to give them away as a gift. There's that option as well. AirPods. Brand new, second generation, uh, are here this week. If you want to read more about them, check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. Tech Guide is, is proudly sponsored by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand, and they're actually issuing a challenge. They are doing the Orbi Wi-Fi challenge, the Orbi Home Wi-Fi challenge. If you buy a Netgear Orbi Wi-Fi kit, and take it home, and it doesn't improve your Wi-Fi, you'll get your money back. That's a pretty good guarantee. There's a lot of uh, a lot of faith in this product. The Orbi Wi-Fi systems are designed for any size home, large or small, whether you're in an apartment, a loft, single-story home, double-story home, sprawling estates. They all It all works. No more dead zones, no black spots, just better Wi-Fi everywhere. And you can even expand that coverage with add-on satellites to give you even more coverage inside and out. In today's modern household, Orbi's tri-band Wi-Fi system lets you stream your favourite movies in 4K and play online games by providing ultra-fast Wi-Fi no matter how many devices are connected. 
Orbi plugs into your existing modem and is really easy to set up with just a couple of clicks. And not only does it work great, it looks great too and blends into your home's decor. Orbi's the easiest, fastest and most expansive and advanced mesh Wi-Fi network available today. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. All righty. Our first review is a hands-on look. We've had this for a few days now. The new Dyson V11 cord-free vacuum. Now, there's, there's plenty of tech in this. It is a vacuum. Uh, it is a Dyson, of course, and there's so much technology on board here. This is a product that took 315 engineers working on it. It took 315 engineers to bring this to market. More than 3,250 parts prototyped. So, you know, Dyson, very much an engineering-driven company. And uh, this is the culmination of more than a decade of cord-free vacuums for the company. And now Dyson, I think they announced this a couple of years ago, are not making any vacuums with cords anymore. It's cord-free or bust. So with the V11, there are a few differences in terms of design, but also performance as well. So just from the look of them, they are similar, uh, some subtle changes, but most of the changes are in the main motor, in the bin section. Uh, there's now a digital display, actually, instead of a slider switch, as we saw on the V10, there's now a display on the back that gives you a, a, a readout of the remaining runtime of the battery. Now, depending on what mode you're using, it will tell you how many minutes you've got left. So if you're in eco mode, for example, you'll get up to 60 minutes of cleaning time. So that's enough to clean your entire house. Auto mode can detect when you're moving between carpet and hard floors. So uh, it's slightly less runtime there. But with, with auto mode, it's really interesting. When you're vacuuming carpet, the, the brush head can actually sense that it's carpet and then kicks up the motor a little little higher. So there's this little built-in motor in the head as well. And it can tell when it's on carpet. And so it ups the, end, the, the motor to give you more suction on the carpet. But then when you move to a hard floor, it can detect that as well. And then you hear the motor sort of pull back a little bit, knowing that it doesn't have to put as much effort into suction on the hard surface. So that that little detection there again saves you on the battery runtime uh, so it knows that okay i'm on hard floor again i don't have to do work as hard here so that all adds up to a longer battery life but the old max mode is now called boost mode and if you want to just go hard go big or go home so the hot, the most powerful uh the mode on the v11 is boost mode you're going to get about 13 minutes of runtime. That's because it's going hard all the time and will run hard until it dies. So it's not going to sort of peter out. It's just going to stop. And as the V11 is used more in your home, it uses this algorithm that can work out a more accurate runtime based on how you use it. So if you've got a lot of hard floor, carpet, it'll get to know this and the algorithm will sort of give you that more accurate runtime so that you're not going to be left posted. You'll get at least 13 minutes out of it as well. Now, on the suction side, and Dyson, they've got their, their digital motors and all this technology they've been developing. 
This V11 still manages improved suction. It's in 20% better suction than last year's V10, if you can believe that. In a year, they've managed to improve suction by 20%. And I can vouch for this because I have two rather large Dalmatians. I've got chocolate-colored covered carpet on my at home here. And what the Dallies do, Ziggy and Logan, they shed a little hair sometimes. So they're little short white hairs. They really stand out on the chocolate-coloured carpet. And the first time I brought the V11 home, I've got like a a lounge room with carpet in. The dogs like to sit there. It's the front of the house. The dogs like to sit there. It's outside my office. And it's really easy to see where they've been sitting. Now, I vacuumed half of this room, not the whole room, half of the room, and the bin was already a quarter full. That's how much it picked up from just that small area. So if you've got a pet, the 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 motorized heads work really well. There are also other other attachments as well. There's a mini motorized head as well. If you were sort of if my dogs don't go on my furniture, they're too big. But you may have a cat or a dog that sits up on the lounge with you. Then there's a little mini motorized head that you can use there to pick up that hair and and other other attachments as well, crevice tools to get into little tight spaces. Uh, there's also if you uh, you want to include two. There, there's three models of the V11, and the the for the uh, starting price is a thousand and ninety nine for the torque drive, which is the entry level. Then for eleven ninety nine, you get the Dyson Absolute, which has the extra cleaner for hard floor. So if you, if if your home is mainly floorboards or tiles, then you're probably better off using this this extra cleaner head. It's sort of uh, the it's fluffier uh, and and is less less uh, damage to the floor. So it's it's really uh, soft and it's not going to damage your floorboards. So if you're mainly hard floors, then the extra cleaner head is probably the best bet. Top of the line, you're going to get for twelve hundred and forty nine dollars the V11 Absolute Pro, which includes the hard floor cleaner, the regular motorized cleaner that comes with it, and all the extra tools for total home cleaning. So really worthwhile there. Uh, it it is. It, I'm really impressed that it's actually improved so much in in a year. Uh, I thought the V10 was good, but the V11 really really has upped its game, and the the suction and the the just the cleaning quality you're getting uh, is remarkable. And even on that 13 minute boost mode, I can get around my downstairs part of my house and all the carpeting carpeted areas in 13 minutes. Uh, and it, it does an amazing job. That bin uh, it gets full pretty quick because it does it, it sucks up all that dog hair and everything else on the ground. And uh, the the bin actually, when compared to the V8, which was a few years old, the bin is forty percent larger than that than that model from last year. Bin's about the same size, but the efficiency of the battery now uh, and the added suction has really made the V11. Uh, uh, the go-to cord-free. Yeah, I know it's twice the price of others, but it's you know what? It's five times better than everything else as well. So you really get what you pay for there. Dyson uh, again have, have excelled themselves here. You want to read more about our hands-on review of the Dyson V11? Check it out at TechGuide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick, the place to stay updated and educated. All right, next up, we're talking Jaybirds, the Run XT wire-free earphones. 
Uh, Jaybird, they were actually an Aussie company, and a lot of people may not know that, but uh, they've really made a name for themselves. They were one of the first companies to offer Bluetooth earphones. So uh, they were, were kind of ahead of the game there. The, the the founders of the company said, you know what, these cables, uh, they, they bother us when we're exercising and running. And they were one of the first companies to offer wireless earphones. And now they've taken that further with wire-free uh, with the Run XT. These are little buds, so there's uh, no no cords. Each bud uh, connects to each other and to your mobile device, and uh, they come with a charging case as well. What I like about them is that they're quite small. You get some of these wire-free earphones, and some of them are massive, and they hang out of your ear. You look stupid. But the, the Jaybirds are actually quite small. They're quite discreet. They fit inside your ear really nicely. But the good thing there is that normally when there's a small earbud, the, 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 the compromise is that you're going to get a small sound. But not so with these. The Run XTs are actually quite powerful for their size. It's surprising, actually, how much volume and, and scale of sound you get out of these. Uh, Quality-wise, I was really impressed. Really nice, balanced sound out of these. Uh, not too much bass. And that's just the generic settings. I didn't even go into the app at all uh, at first. Uh, the sound straight out of the box sounded excellent. So a lot of clarity in, in, in the music, uh, but also not not over the top with the bass. But the, the companion app as well, the Jaybird's My Sound companion app, allows you to go even further into the equalizer settings. There are some presets. So if you like bass heavy, if you like a flatter sound, if you like a signature sound, they're all there. But you can tweak the equalizer yourself and save that setting and even share that setting. So the Jaybird community, you can access other people's settings uh, as well as sharing your own, which is pretty cool. So if you can, if you like sound a certain way, you might you might find a setting that, that pleases you, and that that that's what you that's what you do. So you're not stuck with just one person's opinion of what the, these things should sound like. You actually get a choice, and you can get in there and, and tweak the settings yourself uh, to make them sound to your taste. We we all have. Music and audio is a very subjective thing, so having having that ability to make them sound like you want them to sound is really attractive. Design-wise, I've already mentioned they're really small, but they, they fit quite comfortably, uh, and they are very secure. When you twist them in the place in your ear, they create a little bit of a noise-canceling seal in your ear, so you've got to be careful if you're out running. Uh, there's a little wing on the top as well that sort of provides that added security. So they're not going to go anywhere, These these the Run XT. So you can use them in the gym while you're running. They're not going to move unless you take them out. Uh, so really secure and stable. Now, I mentioned that noise-canceling seal. If you're, if you're out running out on the road and, and you're just out and about, it is uh, you don't have your music too loud because you need to be aware of your surroundings. Um, but the, with the Jaybirds, with the Run XT, it's now possible to just use the right bud on its own. So rather than having wearing both, you can just have one. It'll still play all your music, everything, your podcast, whatever you're listening to. But at least you, your left ear can be listening out for traffic or whatever. Uh, so just a, that's another option for users. Now, I mentioned these are ideal for exercise, for the gym, for running, and the what's what's confirmed that is the fact that they're an IPX7 rating, which makes the earphones totally waterproof. 
So not that you can go swimming in them. I don't think it's very easy to hear music underwater, but it, this means if you're in the rain, if you're training in the gym and you're sweating or whatever, that they're going to go. They're going to go on no matter what. So that, that's a that's a nice thing to know. A bit of peace of mind there if you're a really heavy sweater while you're training or you're out in the rain or whatever you happen to be doing, then you're still they've got you covered with the Run XT. Uh, the battery life uh, on a single charge, you probably get about four hours, just under four hours. Uh, but the charging case is actually, uh, it's a battery on board the charging case. It's called the charging case for a reason. So what you do is that with the charging case fully charged, you're going to get about up to 12 hours of use. So say you use them in the morning for a couple of hours, pop them back in the case while you're at work or whatever, and then you might take them out again at lunchtime. In the, while they've been in the case, they've been fully recharged again. So you can do that. You that, that gives you up to 12 hours of use. So you just got to remember to charge the charging case because that's what, what keeps them charged throughout the day. While they're sitting in that case, you'll see the little green lights pop up and you'll see that they've been that they're being recharged. So when you take them out, normally they're 100% again. Uh in terms of your music choices, the app allows you to also integrate Spotify. Uh, so you can access your own playlist, but also discover others as well. Uh, that's pretty cool. The app also has a Find My Buds function. So within the app, if, you've, if you can't track down your buds, you can locate them if they go missing. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool there. But as I mentioned with the charging case, uh, you got to remember to charge the case to charge the earphones. But how's this? If you forget how many times have you you want to go for a run and your earphones are dead, you're thinking, damn. What you can do if you haven't remembered to charge the case, you can put them in the case and connect it for a, a quick five minute charge. So five minutes connected to power. And that five minutes will give you an hour of playtime. So if you're going to go for a run or a quick quick trip to the gym, that's enough to get you through. So a five-minute charge will give you an hour of playtime. So still long enough to for that gym session or that quick run, unless you're going to run a marathon. Like if you're going to run for an hour, then that's plenty. If you want to have to run longer, you might have to wait longer to charge it a bit more. But just remember to charge that charging case so that you've got them ready to go. The Jaybird Run XT. They're priced at $249, uh, which isn't bad value. The Jaybird Run XT, if you want to read that complete review, I encourage you to check it out at techguide.com.au. Alrighty, next up we're talking Kindle and Amazon have just unveiled their all-new e-reader, the Kindle. It's got a slightly updated design. Now, this is the entry-level Kindle, by the way, 139 bucks, And you do get a lot of bang for your buck now with the entry-level Kindle. Uh, it is has got an updated design, as I mentioned, but it also now has a new adjustable display brightness. So you can it adjusts either automatically or with your input. On depending on the lighting conditions, whether you're inside or outside. So, say for example, you're outside in the in the sunshine, you're not going to need any display light because you've got the sun. So it'll adapt that. And if you're inside, it'll adjust also to the conditions where you're reading. So uh, it really makes reading effortless wherever you happen to be. The Kindle also has the new or the latest electronic ink technology. So what you're getting is this amazing contrast and real uh, a real paper-like experience. 
It's got a six-inch screen with 167 PPI. That's 167 pixels per inch. So it's and the difference between people say, why should I get an e-reader? I've got an iPad or a tablet. The difference with the with the Kindle is that it's not a it's a glare free display because the iPad's backlit, tablets are backlit. Um, it's going to also it, it's going to use power, a lot more power, but also too can be very reflective. If you try if you ever try to read an iPad in the bright sunlight, it's not really easy. But because the the Kindle has this glare free display, no matter where you read it, it's going to be easy to read. Uh, another advantage there, uh, and. There's a whole other story about how you know the blue light that's emitted from a backlit device like a phone or a tablet. With the Kindle, you don't get that because it's a it's this special e-ink screen that doesn't give you that. So if you can read the Kindle right before bed, it's not going to affect you how you sleep at all. The screen also has a new – it uses capacitive touch to prevent accidental swipes. You know, if you might touch the screen and it thinks, oh, you want to turn the page, well, now it kind of knows now if it's an accidental swipe or not. Uh, the the that adjustable light, as I said, provides that just the right amount of light depending on where you go. The, the design too, sort of slightly more rounded corners and edges, but still thin and light. You can hold this thing in your hand for hours. There's also four gig of storage on board, so that's enough to hold thousands of your books, your entire library, if you want to. Uh, it's available in black or white. Uh, it's that six-inch display and still has all the features that you would expect from Kindle. So it saves and synchronizes where you last, the last page you read and all your bookmarks and annotations. So if you read your Kindle on the Kindle itself or you might pick it up on a Kindle app on your mobile device or tablet or on your browser – it'll know where you're up to. So if you go back to your Kindle, for example, and it'll say, oh, you last time you read this book, you were reading it on such and such a device. You're up to this page. Do you want to go there now? And you'll say, of course I do. So then you are going to be right back where you left off. Uh, it's also integrated with the world's largest site for readers and book recommendations. So that's half the battle, not only reading the book you got, but choosing the next one. There's more than 85 million members and 86 million book reviews. So you can find something that you like. There's also an x-ray section where this ex explores what they call the bones of the book. So you see all the passages across a book that mentions relevant ideas, fictional characters. So it gives you an insight into the book as well. Uh, it's also got Smart Lookup, which includes a full dictionary definition with other reference information, uh, either via x-ray or through wikipedia because it's a wi-fi device you can connect it so not only is it your reader it's also your store as well uh, so you can not only read the books you can also buy books on the device as well it's priced at 139 bucks it's going to be available in black and white as we said it goes on sale april the 10th you can get it from amazon.com.au forward slash kindle or you can also pick it up at jb hi-fi Officeworks and other selected retailers. Uh, if you're a, if you're an avid reader, and I am, I love reading, and I I mix it up a bit. I still like the feel of a book. I like the smell of a book. I know, call me weird. I like smelling a book, and I, I like that tactile feel of a book in my hands. But I know that when I travel, like I'm reading now. I'll tell you what book I'm reading right now. I'm reading a book, uh, the Ken Follett book, World Without End. It's the the sequel to Pillars of the Earth. Now, this is a 1,200-page book, so it's a massive brick of a book. I've got the book, but I've also got the Kindle version because I know when I travel, I don't have to lug that massive book around. When I'm home, I love having the book to read, but when I travel, I've got it on my Kindle, 
and I can just pick it up there and read it and then find my place again when I'm home and read the book again. But it just saves me having to lug around the massive book. In fact, I can take 50 books if I want to. If I know I'm going to finish that book and start another one, it really gives you that freedom. Uh, and also, there's a lot of people who... Uh, look, I'm like this with music. I don't need to have a CD. I'm happy to have just the digital files and, and listen to music on Apple Music, Spotify, whatever it happens to be. Um, books, I'm kind of half there and, and half not. There are some books that, yeah, I'll just have the Kindle version. I don't really need to have the physical book. It's this OCD collector thing about myself that I just like the look of my books. And if there's a series of books, I like to have all of them and stuff like that. Uh, but with my movies and my 4K discs, I'm definitely a disc person. I, I prefer to watch 4K off a disc because it's much better than streaming 4K. But I'm a collector of movies as well, and I just like to see them all there, like to have that, them at my fingertips. It's a repeatable experience. That's what I like about the disc anyway. I know I'm a bit off topic here, but it is a, it's a repeatable experience. No matter what the internet's doing, no matter what's happening, I can repeat that experience with a disc. Uh, the book, uh, not so much. It's, it's, of course, it's a repeatable, exper repeatable experience, but if it's on the Kindle, you can read it wherever you want, whenever you want, and with that adjustable display brightness now as well, uh, wherever you want as well, no matter the conditions. If you want to read more about the Kindle, check out our story at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton, the company that can protect you and your family online. We live in a world where hackers are constantly finding new ways to steal your personal information. And because we spend so much time online, it's quite possible we could find ourselves in a cyber criminal sites. So whether you're paying bills on your phone, shopping on your tablet or banking on your laptop, Norton Security Premium is working hard behind the scenes to help keep your information, your identity and your devices protected. For more information on how to protect your digital life, visit au.norton.com. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. couple of quick questions we've had on the Tech Guide help desk. Uh, first one was an interesting one. It was from a person who says, look, they, they, they want to be able to track uh, tools in their workshop and in various sites and being able to know who's got what and where it is uh, can be difficult. Uh, but I did find a Share My Toolbox app that allows you to use barcodes to, tr to track all of your tools. So when, when the tool is taken from a particular site, it is scanned using your phone and then it comes up on the app and it'll say, right, that's a hammer. It's going to this place and you might set a return time to it. So you can always track who's got it and where it is, well, who, whoever's got it. Uh, and then when it's returned, you scan it and you'll say, right, it's back again. It's not like a library. It's like a library card system. And that works not only with tools, but any kinds of thing that, that, you, that people need to use to take and bring back. Uh, really easy. And the barcode really does all the heavy lifting there. If you need to, 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 uh, to use any kind of system like that, it's all barcode based. And I'm sure plenty of people using various inventory systems where you might run a small business, you need to keep track of stock. It's all run through the barcode. So having your tools, tracking your tools, shouldn't be too hard with the, uh, the Share My Toolbox. The uh, the other question we had was about the uh, a woman contacted me saying, look, she, she's a day trader and she normally has like three monitors set up at home, but she's going away for, for three months or whatever. And 
uh, she said, what is the best portable monitor I can take? So my my understanding is that she wants to have a laptop, but she also wants to have other portable monitors. I'm thinking, what's a portable? A portable monitor is like a tablet. Uh, and I, I'm, or, or like a, or either a, an iPad or a Surface, but just other tablets you can connect either blue with via Bluetooth and and have your your mirror your screen. I know with an iPad you can there are apps that let you mirror and extend your laptop screen. So say you've got a, a, a MacBook Pro and you've got an iPad, there is an app you can download that actually connects the iPad to the computer, and the iPad can be used as a second a second monitor. So uh, that that works that way as well. So you, you can extend your the screen real estate of your of your MacBook using the screen of the iPad, and you can even pass documents from one to the other, and it becomes like a second. Like if you've got a desktop, you've got a second monitor. That's probably my best recommendation for that. And good luck with the day trading. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that's the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, email us at info at techguide.com.au. Or better still, if you've got a tech question, click on that blue icon, the record button on the Tech Guide site, and you'll be able to uh, to send me a voice bite. Record yourself asking me the question, so, and then the, I will receive that audio and play it right here on the Tech Guide podcast and give you your answer. So check that out. I want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.